and all the songwriting that he did. Uh, you know, the thing is, at both Leon's. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Which Leon does Howie prefer? That's what I want to know. Welcome to I'd Buy That for a Dollar, a podcast about inexpensive, common, and underappreciated records that are waiting to be rediscovered. I'm your host, Sean Hartman, and much like a bird on a wire, or possibly even a drunk in a midnight choir, I have tried, in my own way, to podcast. (laughs) Wow, John, you've been listening to so much blank check lately, haven't you? (laughs) So much. (laughs) Wait, how does that pertain to Blank Check? He's channeling the way that Griffin introduces episodes by usually taking a quote from the film and then adding the word podcast to the end of it. Oh. So I explained it now so it's funnier. Yeah. Well, I'm co-host Jeremy, and I have a question for co-host Sean. Oh? Heads or tails? Again. Uh, well, uh, again, for our Patreon listeners who, who heard this happen on our Patreon episode on Frederick Knight. Uh, I mean, the people that give us money are the only ones that matter to me. So uh, I'm going to go with Tails again. That's what I always pick. Peter, can you verify? You had seemed to have doubts last time. It's Tails. That, that is Tails. I can verify that it is tails as Sean called. All right. That means I'm going to stick around again this up. That's what happened on that's, this is the exact same thing that happened on our Patreon episode. Jeremy said if it had been heads, he would have walked. Yeah. I would have walked away forever. Huh. Probably. Damn. Yeah. I, I live by the coin and die by the coin. Is this just going to happen every episode <laughs> in uh, season five? Is this, <laughs> this your is, new thing? It's just uh a little teaser for what's to come yet. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy's going to be in about maybe like 40, 50% of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like keep people on edge. Well, I mean, we've been booking enough guests. I think it'll be all right. We'll get by. As long as you keep editing the episodes, <laughs> wow. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> okay. I see my worth. Fascinating development here. <laughs> right at the end. Right at the end of the season. This, yeah. Well, or the cracks are starting to show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am co-host Peter Cook, and guys, yeah, I I am excited for our little break that we're going to have between seasons here. But I'm even more excited for season five. If I'd buy that for a dollar, you know why? Why is that? Because I like new beginnings. Oh, that is that a hint about your list? You know, you would think so. We'll find out. It's not. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a hint of the, uh, you know, it goes with the theme of our Patreon swag designed by Ellen Vandermeid for the season, though. True. Good enough for our merch, not good enough for Peter's <laughs> end of year list. To be determined, even though I spoiled it. <laughs> 
Well, yes. So this is our wrap-up episode. We're, we're not here to talk about a specific album today. We're going to kind of just talk about the season in general, and we're going to follow the model that we established. Uh, I believe last season was the first time that we did a dedicated wrap-up episode. It's just easier than trying, especially when we have guests on, it's easier than <laughs> trying to have them sit around being nostalgic for <laughs> episodes they weren't around for or probably didn't listen to. <laughs> But it is required that all guests listen to all episodes from here on out. <laughs> yeah, each each guest will be quizzed before they go on, and if they fail, we'll just drop them, much like Jeremy keeps threatening to walk at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> exactly. So, what? yeah, the plan here is that we're going to go in what we've determined to be the order of I'd buy that for a dollar being Sean. The, the sacred the order. The sacred order you that you cannot break. Sean, Jeremy, Peter. Uh, we'll go through uh, what we deemed to be our favorites, our the highlights of the season. Uh, then I believe Sean has a little game planned. And then we'll probably just wrap it up with some thoughts, talk about what we're going to be doing for season five and get out of here. Well, and we'll also establish which of the three co-hosts won season four by getting the most votes of favorite episodes. This is very important. Oh, I forgot about that part. Oh, no. Bragging rights for the entirety of season five. There's, there's a lot at stake. Why don't we just get into it and you talk about your favorites first? All right. I don't know if we mentioned this, but part of the rules is when you pick the favorites, you can't pick an episode that you yourself hosted. Which is unfortunate because all my favorite episodes were one that I hosted this year. I think I killed it. I think we can all agree. Well, and so I did a great job. So the yeah, and we should because we last year we ran into some different differentiation in criteria between how we were rating things this time around. If like uh, Sean, you had a guest on an episode, uh, and Jeremy picks that as his favorite. That goes to you. We're not giving these to the guests anymore. <laughs> and let me also say for our listeners, if you do not care about anything we're talking about, this will be a good guide if you're an occasional listener to like episodes you may have skipped. And we're saying, nah, these are good ones. Go back. Yeah, there's there's a purpose for this for you that don't care about this. <laughs> for those who not not invested in who's the best co-host. Which I can't even imagine. Like, if this isn't a competition to you guys, then what are you even here for? Yeah, I, I'm with you, but I don't know. There's a lot of weird people out there, man. <laughs> True. All right, well, let's, uh, let's get into this list. My first favorite episode of season four is Sylvester, step two. Ooh. So that was... I co-hosted that with guest DJ Lola Kinks. True. One of our best guests. You know, I'm just going to go out here and say it. One of the best. We enjoy whenever Lola is on. Always brings some great music and great conversation. I love all my children equally, but uh, <laughs> DJ Lola Kinks does bring it, I'll say. Okay. Well, it sounds like we're all mostly in agreement here. Yeah, I loved that episode. That was a, a good example of an artist that I knew that I liked, but didn't have a lot of information on. So it was really fun to learn about that with y'all. I did a fair amount of digging or uh, research on that one as well to add into it. And yeah, I thought it turned out 
real good. So if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and check out Sylvester Step 2 featuring DJ Lola Kinks. Yeah, that album would have been on my list had I not been the co-host on it. <laughs> mm, it's a good one. My next two selections are pretty recent ones, which I always feel weird about picking recent episodes because it feels like it's too easy or I haven't gone back far enough. I don't know, but I think we ended pretty strong this season. My next selection is Jackie DeShannon, To Be Free. That was a great album. Uh, Guest Fred Thomas, who I co-hosted with, and I came to love that album and Jackie DeShannon in general. I've been listening to her pretty much nonstop since we did that episode. I, she's like now my same. She's now my work music. I just put her on, and yeah, it, she's got a great variety of material too. Peter and I were discussing in private earlier that uh, the last few years have just made us realize how much we really dig that '70s soft pop sound. And we're also threatening to make season five the season of 70s soft rock. So it's, we'll see if we follow through on that. I think there's going to be a lot of it. it. Even if we're not, if it's not official, there's going to be a lot of it. I can see why I was left out of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the soft rock takeover, it, it, I, Jeremy? You should, you should have seen his face when, when, this, when you started talking about this. I'm, I'm softening on the 70s soft rock, but I'm not here for a takeover. <laughs> I think immersion therapy is just what you need in this situation. So get ready. So does that uh, lead into your final selection, Sean? That does lead into my final selection. Another recent episode, Bruce Springsteen, the wild, the innocent and the E street shuffle an episode that all three of us were pretty hyped on. And I just thought it was a real special one whenever we do an episode where all three of us are like equally excited and doing some research and bringing it it's just those are nice i like those sometimes it's fun to play something that i know jeremy hates and uh have a little pretend fight with him on the podcast but sometimes it's also nice to just agree that music is pretty cool right it is nice that yeah that episode had a great vibe to it across the board thank you to samantha simmons for getting us to talk Bruce Springsteen, finally. We've mentioned him enough on the podcast. Yeah, finding that outlet that we could actually do a Springsteen album legitimately. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sean. Uh, Those are some great episodes for people to go back and check out if they miss them. And one more thing that we're doing here that we didn't mention is we're going to be playing a selection from one of our picks that we did not feature on the episode where we talked about that that album. So what did you pick? What what album, what artist and uh, song did you choose, Sean? Well, as hinted with my intro, I picked a song off the Jackie DeShannon album, To Be Free. We're going to hear the second to last song, Brighton Hill, which I think is a good example of the Motown influence or Motown adjacent sound that Jackie was really good at bringing I also noticed it's the most played song on Spotify from that album, and we didn't feature it, so perfect opportunity here. I also want to mention that I I do have a kind of uh, extra credit favorite episode that doesn't really count towards the points, but I thought our April Fool's episode this year, Heavy Pettin', Rocky Ain't Dead, was maybe our best one yet. (laughs) It was our most humorous episode. 
I think. Yeah, that was the that was the most full on embracing the bit for that one. And I thought it was funny, but uh, I I don't think any of us technically were the co-hosts on that one. So <laughs> I don't. Are you sure? Rex you, Ferrari, baby. Rex Ferrari. Shout out to Rex Ferrari and Sean. Are you really sure that you don't want heavy petting? To, to be one of your selections <laughs> yeah actually forget this jackie to shannon we're just gonna hear a super cut of every song oh, off no. of heavy pet and rock ain't dead <laughs> uh well we don't have a copy so we'll just have to go with jackie to shannon <laughs> <laughs> oh darn all right well here's brighton hill I didn't think to mention this on the Jackie DeShannon to be free episode because we didn't play that song. But when I was listening to the album in preparation for the episode, I thought of the hill, the grassy hill that she's standing on on the cover as being Brighton Hill. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be. That song sounds like it could have very easily been on the Supreme's Floyd Joy album that we covered in season one, or it could have also fit right on the Peggy Lee Is That All There Is album. Just got that interesting kind of moody, highly orchestrated sound, but with that definite Motown influence going on too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what really surprised me, digging into Jackie DeShannon's sound more knowing the couple hits I did by her is just uh, how much she can work into her sound seamlessly, effortlessly, it seems. She's very adaptable. Yeah, and I should mention I just picked that record up fairly recently after we recorded the episode. In fact, it was on the drive out to Michigan before we recorded 
the Leon Redbone episode, the first time all three of us recorded in the same room in years. Pick that up at the great Attic Records in Pittsburgh. Shout out to Attic Records. One of the best stores in the country, you know? They're great. Got a nice promo copy of this Jackie DeShannon to be free, and I also found the one that we mentioned on the episode, Laurel Canyon. Another great record from her, and I'm looking forward to collecting more Jackie DeShannon in the future. Awesome. Yeah, it was nice to see that you uh, really took to her sound, and I felt the same way. The 70s soft rock takeover has begun. (laughs) If you guys do that, I am going to coin flip every one of those episodes. (laughs) Well, Jeremy, it's it's your turn. Well, I'll lead with this one and say that I think we have to declare it the episode of the year. Sylvester Step 2. Sean had on his list, and you said would have been on your list if you didn't host it, so... I think we just got to say that's the app of the year. That That is a, that's right at the top of the pile, I would say. Yeah. With DJ Lola Kinks's was mentioned. For me, I was totally unfamiliar with this music. So the music was very interesting, but like kind of the cultural tie-ins that DJ Lola Kinks brought really kind of made the episode shine for me. For sure. I should also mention I've been listening to a little bit more of Sylvester's backup singers, Two Tons of Fun. The The records they put out under that name are excellent as well. So there, there's a lot to dig into from that episode, and I'm fully on board with calling that the episode of the season. Yeah. Have you graduated to the Weather Girls yet? Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> All in time. All right. Second one on my list, Flat and Scruggs, Foggy Mountain Banjo. Hell yeah. With guest host Jake Watkins. Yeah, that was a nice deviation. Yeah, it was. Jake brought a lot of great knowledge about Appalachia, and it's, you know, a road we haven't really been down much, and I just loved kind of going down that road, learning about bluegrass in a legitimate way. Yeah, there are... As we've stated several times, just so many country and bluegrass and kind of rootsy albums that are cheap and waiting to be rediscovered. So I think we should dig into some more country-adjacent stuff in the future. Oh, yeah, that'll be coming, too. (laughs) I can guarantee it. Season five, nothing but soft rock and country. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Ah, all right. And the last one on my list I picked because there's always, there's like one or two records I feel like every season that like the music itself grabs me more than everything else. And this was one of those, maybe one or two this year. This is the one that jumped out most and I've most been listening to. Wow, that's a lot of buildup. Peggy Lee, is that all there is? Hosted by Sean and the sort of narcotic swagger of it all and the like nihilism of it blended with this uh, jazz singer. I don't know. It the whole thing works for me. I thought the extensive buildup was a play on the whole theme of the title track. (laughs) Is that all there is? (laughs) 
Fair enough. Is that all there is? The Peggy Lee album? It warms my heart, Jeremy, to hear you say that. Because for me, there's always a couple episodes each year where it just feels extra important to get my co-host on board with it. And that was one that ahead of time I was like, guys, give this record some time. Sit with it. Give it multiple listens before we go in. Because this is a masterpiece that we all need to approach with the the right level of appreciation so i'm glad i got through to you i love that record yeah and that's what i'm gonna feature my cut from i would also want to throw a couple extra credit episodes myself do it the other album that jumped out is like one i've been listening to more and like musically grabbed me was eczema snake Mm. halloween episode yeah that was a great one and had I secured a copy, I probably would have listened to that one more, and that might have been up there for me. I just haven't spent as much time with it since then. Sometimes that can be a, a big part of how much one sticks with me. <laughs> That's fair. And the other episode I wanted to mention was Kay Gardner Emerging mm. with guest host Bethany Carter. Yeah. That was just a really unique episode, the way we approached it kind of the heady things we ended up talking about and and we even did our what 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 was the exercise we did at the beginning low tone low tone low toning (laughs) i thought we were going to incorporate that into every episode Uh, season five germ's going to flip the coin and we're going to low tone (laughs) every episode all right we're taking notes the season five soft rock takeover plus country plus low toning okay plus coin flip keeping my notes plus coin flip all right (laughs) It's going to be a great season. <laughs> we're, we're building it up here as we, on this wrap up episode, we're building season five. So do I get like half a point each for those extra credit shout outs? No. How does this work? No. No? Nothing? No. Nothing. no. You get the Peggy Lee credit though. All right. All right. So that's, I wanted to feature my old flame from, is that all there is? Because it's a good, sad, swaggery song. Selecting four songs from that album was one of the hardest song selections I've done this year. And this song I had on the list of ones to feature multiple times, but it just you couldn't couldn't put them all on there. So I'm glad that this is your selection. I love this track. Very good. Let's take a listen. seemed to be so reminiscent I knew I'd had it somewhere before yes it seemed to be familiar as I listened when suddenly I remembered once more Drifting back again
For I haven't met a gent So magnificent or elegant I have listened to that record so many times, especially in preparation for the episode and multiple times since then, and still literally get chills listening to that song. What a masterpiece of an album. Yeah, that delivery is just stunning. Like, it doesn't matter how many times I listen. It just gets me. Yeah, I know we've already declared Sylvester's Step 2 as the album of the season, but I think that Peggy Lee might be a close second. Yeah, that's my favorite, like, music-wise. That's the favorite one we covered. Yeah, that's up there. Yeah, and it was good. I have not yet secured a copy of that album, and it was good to hear that one because I, <laughs> I've i listened to what we played on the episode <laughs> mostly. <laughs> and so, yeah that, yeah, that one's dynamite. So good selection, Jeremy. Thank you, Peter. Well, Peter, let's turn it around to you. Let's hear your list. Okay. Yeah, so the three that are are on my list are ones that I now have copies of in my collection. Either I discogsed them or just found them while out and about. Actually, the first one I had acquired very shortly before we did the episode, because while I was in Philadelphia, co-host Sean passed me off a copy of this one, and that would be Rasa, Everything You See Is Me. Our, the Hari Krishna album that we did. Yeah. <laughs> that was with guest David O. McCullough, or uh, Verbal Math, as he also goes by. And that one just, for something about that album, just brought me joy. Mm. That it's it's hard, sometimes hard as I age to find from new music. Uh, and when it hits you, you know it. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's, it's a weird thing because... Uh, Almost makes me wonder: Should I convert? <laughs> to, like <laughs> they did a good job of selling it, if that was their intention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if this is uh, how being a Hari Krishna makes you feel, hey, I might I might be looking into it. If it, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say don't follow your dreams, but from the research I did on that episode, I think just stick with the record. Okay, yeah, that's probably easier to do anyway. <laughs> Too lazy to get converted into anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a, a fantastic record with a interesting story, and you know, it's funny because I feel like we couldn't really fully find the story on it. Because Eugene McDaniel's children who made it, there's really not much record of them talking about it. So it just adds to the mystery of it, especially since there's as many copies out there as there are. It's just really fascinating. And I, you know, I'd love, we did, I know Sean, you and Dave did your best to find the information that was available, but it'd be, I'm hopeful that some, some more will come to light eventually. Yeah, I had to do a fair amount of reading between the lines on researching for that one because yeah, there's not there's not a ton of like interviews or research that other people have done on it. But it's a it's a well loved record amongst certain circles, and I was very happy to spread the knowledge out there to people. Love that record. Glad it was your selection. Well, you'll be glad what my next selection is too. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> this one really. 
hit me and I kind of can't stop thinking about it. And it's a very short album and it's one that I can see maybe why it's gone under the radar just because I don't think it was probably marketed correctly. Uh, But that is Mary McCreary, Butterflies in Heaven. That is such a good record. It's a record that never gets talked about by an artist that never gets talked about. And both of those things are criminal because man, what an album. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an unassuming record, but then you, and it's so short, but within those, I don't know, 27 minutes or so that it lasts, there's not a, there's very few moments that are not perfection. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's quite a perfect record, it falls off ever so slightly at the very end, but overall it's a pretty solid record. Yeah. I I like the term minor masterpiece. Minor masterpiece is a great word for that album. And, uh, yeah, I got a copy. I included a selection from that on the August Patreon mix. It's actually what we go out on, on the August Patreon mix, because I wanted to leave on that note. That's how strong I feel about 90% of that album. So thank you, Sean, for that's, a. Mary Russell, also Leon Russell's one-time wife. But yeah, thank you, Sean, for introducing myself and our listeners to that overlooked minor masterpiece. Yeah, and you can hear more of Mary doing just about all the background vocals on the Leon Russell album that we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, she'll probably pop up again on some episodes in the future. I don't think we've seen the last of Mary. She's got more good records, both with other people and by herself. So I could definitely see that happening. And then my final highlighted selection from season four, Dirk Hamilton, you can sing on the left or bark on the right. Jeremy, that was your pick. Oh, I got one point. (laughs) And yeah, that one, another one that kind of snuck up on me. There wasn't any indication that that was going to happen you know, put the record on and a few songs in with the first time listening, I started thinking, man, you know, this is pretty solid. This guy's uh, saying some things and the songs are well-written. And the more I listen, it's one that I feel like I hear something new every time I listen to it or pick up on a new lyric or a new thing that's interesting about the arrangements. Yeah. Just an endlessly listenable album. Sometimes we jokingly dog on Jeremy for being maybe the least uh musically nerdy of the three of us but at the same time jeremy is much more likely to select a record for one of his episodes that is just so fully off my radar and becomes one of my favorite things like usually when peter picks a record it's something i'm mostly familiar with or was meaning to get into and that dirk hamilton was something i just didn't know anything about and loved it oh I am the word guy of the podcast, and that's Dirk Hamilton's thing. He's a word guy. Yeah, yeah, you're the one that'll point out if there's not much to the lyrics. Sean and I will just be oblivious to the lyrics being bad, and you're like, well, not much that they're saying here. Yeah, let me read you some lines back. (laughs) Without a groovy beat under it. We'll see how you feel that way. (laughs) So, yeah, and... My wife, Ellen, has really come to love that album, too. Uh, We both really like the song Waterfall that we did not feature on that episode. So at this point, I would like to hear that selection. (laughs) 
behind the ladder while wet and naked. You know, I really don't remember why I didn't put that on there. That's a great song. Yeah, I think that one has, there's a bit of the Van Morrison thing going on and a bit of the Bob Dylan thing. Yeah. But all very Dirk at the same time. Yeah. I think I described Dirk to a friend who had not heard him as the advanced Bob Dylan class. (laughs) (laughs) Not, Not that he's like a greater songwriter more so that it's like quirkier and more challenging than the things that make Bob Dylan quirky and challenging. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because I've heard Dylan's voice so much. I I never was particularly bothered by it, but I think of it as being a mainstream sound and uh, Dirk maybe feels a little, yeah, a little more left of center somehow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can see that. Like if you think that you're off the beaten path because you like Dylan, try Dirk Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, would you guys like to know the results of... Oh, I got a bad feeling about my results. You got a feeling like Dirk... Didn't Dirk Hamilton have a song <laughs> about a feeling? I got a feeling. Uh, yeah, so, well, uh, we'll go in reverse order. In third place with two selections, and, and once again this year we are, if we if the I'd buy that host co-hosted with a guest, it goes to the I'd buy that host because the guests aren't going to really be in on this. Uh, they can't. I'd buy that host for a dollar. <laughs> so with uh, with two selections to their name is Jeremy Ruggles. That's me. Yeah, that's Jeremy participation trophy to me (laughs) first in our hearts jeremy ruggles also ran (laughs) he's he's got his coin in his hand again yeah (laughs) i do (laughs) coming in second place with 
three selections to their name is co-host me co-host peter uh -oh. yeah. so that can only mean dominating victory coming in first place with four votes with four <laughs> votes <laughs> with four selections to their name is co-host sean sean you you won it you won the season you know you i i called it at the start of the episode i killed it season four that was my season <laughs> well it it was a great season and boy did we i feel like we we got into new territory with selections guests just some of the topics we covered uh, it was a lot of fun and we also introduced a fun new game towards the end of the season yeah we've been talking a lot about our favorite albums on this episode but what i really want to know is what's your favorite song yeah about and, uh, yeah <laughs> about, about dot 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 we still haven't figured out a good title for this game <laughs> Maybe maybe during our downtime we'll figure out a good title for it. I guess we also haven't really established if our audience even enjoys us playing this game. No one's really <laughs> responded yet, but so we're just going to keep on trucking until people tell us to stop, I guess. I'll tell you that my wife Ellen texted me while she was going on a camping trip this past week and said I really love the new game on the podcast. Oh, nice. All right. So we have at least That's one one listener who enjoys this. <laughs> So, for anyone who has not heard us play this game yet, here's the basic description. I will be asking what your favorite song about a specific topic is, and you're going to think of one song specifically, but this is wrong answers only. So, let's just dive in. What's your favorite song about what happens when your world is full of strange arrangements and gravity won't pull you through? Uh, bonus points if anybody in the audience can guess what song we're actually referencing. All three of these are songs that we covered the album on season four. I'm going to say One Headlight by the Wallflowers. Ooh. We Even can... though they kind of do pull through, that's sort of the whole thrust of the song. But <laughs> I'm going to say Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Mm. Oh. Uh, mine would be Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. Oh. It's just one of those days, you know? Oh, wow. Oh. So, for our listeners out there, if you guessed that that lyric came from The Look of Love by ABC, you would be correct. <laughs> Award yourself one bonus point. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite song about writing an entire book about a man who's torn in half and had his hopes and ambitions wasted through the years? Uh... Runaway by Kanye West. Ooh. <laughs> and for the record, that's basically the only Kanye West song I know or fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to know much more about him, but that song slaps. <laughs> it's Peter Cook, the podcast number one Kanye West apologist. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. What have I done to myself? Oh, well, I'm going to say... All Star by Smash Mouth as the Smash Mouth apologist to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which is worse. <laughs> well, wait till you hear my selection because it is Freak on a Leash by Korn. Oh, I'm <laughs> loving this new metal direction for you. There's been a resurgence on the podcast of late. We're following the trends out there. <laughs> for our listeners out there, if you guessed that that lyric came from When I Write the Book by Rockpile. Award yourself another bonus point. Last question. 
what's your favorite song about how your darling makes you feel mighty real? I'm going to go with the Bengals walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> Wait, no. I'm going to go with Lit Up by Buck Cherry. <laughs> uh, that's, All right, that's acceptable. Assuming the darling is cocaine. That's Yeah, I was going to say, that's the I, I Love the Cocaine song. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't go with their other song. <laughs> I don't even know another song by Buck I, Cherry. I will not say it. <laughs> All right. But... I am going to go for this one. I'm going to go with You Never Even Called Me By My Name that was written by Steve Goodman and John Prine, but popularized by David Allen Coe. You don't have to call me darling, darling. You never even called me by my name. That song. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Well, my answer would be Butterfly by Crazy Town. (laughs) Oh, that's a really good answer, actually. Thank you. You're all welcome for having that song stuck in your head now. Ah. Yeah. Well, and Peter, what song was referenced? That was You Make Me Feel Mighty Real by Sylvester, correct? Yes. The album of season four. Yeah. Great album. Listen to the episode. Listen to the album. Can't recommend it enough. Sylvester. So for listeners who may not have caught our last couple episodes... We had a couple of Leons in a row. We had Leon Redbone and Leon Russell two episodes in a row. And we decided to make it a a battle of the Leons. And here today, we are going to decide who is the ultimate Leon. And Leon Redbone was uh, backed by co-host Sean with guest host Wes Wheat. That's right. We presented our arguments. We uh, did our best to share Leon Redbone with the world. I'm a big fan and uh, curious to see what our impartial judge Peter here has to say about who is the superior Leon for all time. You just had to interject before I could even introduce my Leon in the equation. Classic. He's, it's his tactic. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Noted. By the judge. (laughs) (laughs) And I, in cooperation with Taylor Rowley, honorary co-host at this point, brought Leon Russell to this fight, who uh, has an incredible history. But we don't need any of of those tactics on our side. We think our, our Leon speaks for himself. Well, and yeah, Leon Russell did speak for himself. We learned a lot about how important a figure he was. I knew he was important as a songwriter before going into that episode, but I still learned even more about things he had written that I didn't even realize, as well as the session work on top of it, basically being a member of the Wrecking Crew and production. Yeah, Leon Russell towering figure in music but just a little bit behind the scenes <laughs> for i mean especially for anyone who i think in the 70s he was someone people knew but nowadays kind of forgotten but then leon redbone also just a unique artist who had 
almost no peers in his time period. And we did, we should mention that both albums were from 1975. It seemed fair to, since inherently these artists are very different other than having Leon R names, <laughs> it seemed at least fair to have their albums from the same year go up against each other. And I'll say that I've, I've been listening to the Leon Russell album a lot since last week. I've continued to listen to it. It's, I'd say a minor masterpiece. And I really think he's probably the, mus- the musician that I'm more inclined towards listening to regularly. Oh, this sounds like a butt. You know, you, oh. know, you, know me, you know me too well, Jeremy. I was ready to give it to Leon Russell. But then I had to consider what this podcast is about. This podcast is about the discovery, finding those really unique artists and it's it's about a lot but i think one of the the really fun components of our podcast is finding those really unique records that are overlooked and those really interesting artists who are sort of forgotten or never really had their day and i would say with that in mind i have to give it to leon redbone Yes. This decision was sponsored by Bud Light. <laughs> well, that's just it. <laughs> a little known beverage company. The, the fact <laughs> that he composed the This Bud's For You song, he did the Mr. Belvedere theme, he was in Elf, he, and Alf. <laughs> he was hot. Elf and Alf. Leon Redbone <laughs> stayed in character throughout his whole career and was hiding in plain sight, it feels like. He was right there all along. Yet, your average person, you ask them who Leon Redbone is, they're not going to know. And so I think it was, he was the important artist for us to highlight. And I, I believe for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to give it to Leon Redbone. All right. Well, it sounds like I won on a technicality, but you know what? I'll take it. The thing is, really, both artists, just fascinating, hugely influential figures in their, in their own unique way. So I'm glad that we highlighted both Leons. <laughs> I'm going to assume you flipped a coin to decide, just for my own sanity. That's, that's your thing, Jeremy. <laughs> but you can, we'll roll with that. Yeah, I mean, as we had stated several times before, this competition was uh, inherently very silly. And they're two artists that you can't really compare. I mean, depending on how you framed who is the winner, either of them could have won on you know multiple grounds leon russell obviously a much more influential artist has been covered many many times you don't hear a lot of leon redbone covers mostly because the majority of his recorded material was covers itself (laughs) according to leon redbone you hear basically nothing but covers of his stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) he wrote everything Yeah, but the you know if it's who's the more interesting character, it's Leon Redbone by a mile. But I, I think at the end of the day, I hope our listeners enjoyed both episodes and dig deeper into both artists for different reasons. It, you guys gave me a very tough decision. I was very back and forth on it, but this is where I rest. I must respect that. All right. Well, it's official for all time. <laughs> Leon Redbone is the superior Leon. <laughs> Yeah, we have we've finally answered the question that has been on people's minds for decades. Very good. Well, we're probably just about ready to wrap things up here, but we do need to talk 
about what we're going to do at the beginning of season five, because what we're doing listeners is doing something a little different. We're giving the power to you. Power to the people. Power to the people. Right on. So, the day that this episode airs, on our Facebook group, the I'd Buy That for a Dollar Facebook group, not to be confused with the I'd Buy That for a Dollar Facebook page, specifically on our group, which you can find by looking us up under groups at I'd Buy That for a Dollar on Facebook and join, because normally what we do there is we share records. We Anyone who participates can share records they found for cheap lately. And what we're going to do is put up a poll there with several selections of albums, artists and albums that we've mentioned several times over now that we should cover sometime on the podcast. We're calling ourselves out here that it's time to do that instead of just saying it over and over again. And we're going to give you many options. And the top four are going to be the first month, the October selections of season five. Yeah, one thing that's been consistent throughout the entirety of the show is us recommending artists multiple times and then saying, oh, we got to cover them. It's criminal we haven't covered them yet. And that list just keeps expanding. So we've gone through and tried to make as comprehensive of a list as possible of artists that we have recommended multiple times throughout the years. And uh, we'll just see which ones our audience is most excited about. You know, we'll get to all of them eventually, theoretically, but. It's time to see what the people want to hear. Yep. So once again, that will be available to vote on on our Facebook group starting September 5th and through the 12th. It'll be that that week span. 2023. If you're listening to this in the future, sorry. You probably you missed are, it. You missed it. You probably already know who won and who we talked about at the beginning <laughs> of season five. Uh, but yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what people want to hear us talk about. Yeah, maybe you want to maybe you want to hear a Lalo Schifrin record. Maybe you want to hear a Gene Carn record. Maybe you want to hear Grover Washington Jr. Yeah. Maybe you want to hear Phoebe Snow or Squeeze. The list goes on and on. There's lots of amazing bargain bin artists out there who we have been meaning to talk about. So, please vote, let your voice be heard and we will we will respond accordingly with some new episodes in season 5 starting in October. Shout out to you, co-host Sean, who went through all of your recommended albums lists from previous episodes. We are a professional podcast, after all. Yes. True, true. And because we're a professional podcast, we would like to thank all of the guests who we had come through on season four. Mind-boggling. <laughs> Lists of guests. We had more guests than we've ever had from more places. Yes. Really uh, stepping up our game there. So, What's the official count on guests that we had? It was 32 guests this season. Incredible. And that's, that's 32 unique guests, not like some of them were on multiple times or anything? Yeah. Yep. That's 32 unique guests. Wow. All right, so are you going to read the entire list of all of our guests then? Oh, yeah. In oh, order... Boy. All right, let's do it. Mega list. I'm ready. In order of appearance with one exception, Stephen Krakow, a.k.a. Plastic Crime Wave, Scott Schaff, Lauren Ram, John Solomon, David O. McCullough, a.k.a. Verbal Math, Taylor Rowley, Leora Haas, Alec Johnson, a.k.a. Particle Ray, 
Luke Tandy, James Porter, Shane Hartman, Ben Lyon, Ben Johnson, Bob Bucko Jr., Lola Kings, Dustin Kursadovich, Melanie Bale-Smith, Skip Heller, Greg Belson, Lance Barisi, Tim McCorkle, Aswad, Jake Watkins, Mark Weathersby, a.k.a. DJ Mahogany, Nicole LaRae Leach, Bethany Carter, Gaylord Fields, Fred Thomas, Lil Dave, Samantha Simmons, and Wes Wheat. And I uh, also want to give a shout out to Rex Ferrari and also Ryan Werner. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> what do those two names have to do with each other? I don't understand. I don't know, but they only count as one for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make the rules. So, yeah, that's an incredible list of guests. I think I had two episodes that I didn't have a, a guest on. You know, I'm just going to I'm just gonna come out with this controversial opinion. All of them were pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, it was, they brought a lot of uh, information and ideas that we wouldn't have had. We're just three dudes with a podcast. It's the guests that bring the flavor when we run out. We only have like six different things that we have to say. Yeah, I, I ran out of ideas <laughs> in season two sometimes, so... So that's why you keep threatening to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Oh, okay. You know, I'm going to go so far as to say that I would have any of those guests back anytime. I think we'll there, have I said it. I think we'll have a lot of them back and probably some new blood yet in season 5. The Soft Rock Takeover. <laughs> <sighs> Let's get out of here. I'm I'm done with this season. Well, keep an eye out for in the interim in the next few weeks throughout September for our rewind episodes where we'll post some older episodes, take a look back at how we used to do things, how far we've come. Yeah. Yeah. Those are always shocking when I listen back and like, wow, we really have come a long way. Yeah. I mean, we're inching up on, and we can talk about this when we get into season five, we're inching up on 200 official episodes. Yeah. Very close. We're very close to that, <laughs> and we'll we'll celebrate that when we get there. But it will not be far. Yeah, and most podcasts don't even make it past seven. Here we are with about two hundred episodes under our belt. Yeah, depending on what platform you're looking at, it may already say two hundred. But some of those are bonus episodes, so they don't count. I'm very pedantic about this, <laughs> <laughs> but only this. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys ready to take a break? Yeah. Oh, I'm so ready. My God. So we, as we did last season with our wrap-up episode, we are going to go out on another selection that we did not feature on one of our albums. And we talked about this song so much on this specific episode I'm thinking of that I was hoping we could talk about the Pretenders, their hit, Brass in Pocket. Great song. Love it. Yeah. I had no sense that that song was going to be on that record when Lauren Ram suggested it and I was first checking it out it was so punky and raw <laughs> when it came on i was like wait what brass and pocket is on this <laughs> i thought it would come many years into their discography i almost used this song as one of the what's your favorite song about questions but i just couldn't think of a way to phrase it funny just you know what's your favorite song about having brass in your pocket just didn't really yeah. hit right you know <laughs> a little too on the nose yeah well, we're going to get out of here on that note. We will see you next season, listeners. We cannot thank you enough. You have helped us get this far. Four seasons of this funny little venture that we found ourselves on. <laughs> I am co-host Peter Cook with I'd Buy That for a Dollar. 
I'm co-host Jeremy Coinboy Ruggles of I'd Buy That for a Dollar. And I'm Sean Hartman of I'd Buy That for a Dollar. If, oh, if, you said it like the RoboCop way. Well done. Like what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jeremy, if you're the Coinboy, wouldn't you have copper in your pocket? Oh. <laughs> Something 